Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own this morning, that we may hear your word and the vision that you have given Chapelwood through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture today comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 through 21. Hear these words. In a large house, there are utensils, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for special use, some for ordinary. All who cleanse themselves of the things I have mentioned will become special utensils, dedicated and useful to the owner of the house, ready for every good work. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. I want to say just a few words while Rhonda is getting um, the stand and getting ready for her sermon. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention was that everybody around here uh, works really hard to take their next step. Right, you've heard that language before. Uh, about two years ago, there was a chaplaincy program that opened up in the med center, but also was using our hospital uh, here uh, in Brazosport. Um, and I went to um, Rhonda and said, I think you should consider doing chaplaincy work and learning about it. Now, for those of you not familiar, um, a chaplain in a hospital setting can do everything from um, you know, bless a newborn baby, uh, to be with a family when they take a loved one off life support, uh, to help advocate for patients in the hospital setting if they've just not received uh, care the right way. They can help out in ethical conversations about care. Um, they can even be present um, at a time of uh, stillborn or difficult moments like that. Um, they're trained in wonderful, uh, you know, not just the ability to care for others and pray for others, but also the ability to know self and to understand how uh, they are functioning um, in the relationship with a care receiver. Um, I, I was excited when Rhonda said yes. Um, I knew that it was a helpful thing. She'd been a nurse for a number of years, and this was a great way to pair her previous uh, wisdom uh, with a future next step. Little did I know that in the course of those four basic units of CPE, which I'm pretty sure uh, Duke only required us to take two uh, basic units of CPE, so she's twice as good as I am, um, <laughs> that she came to a realization that God was calling her into ministry. And so at uh, 50 number of years, um, she decided to apply for grad school and is taking courses at Perkins School of Theology. Now, for me, the personal joy was um, there's, I think, three out of our four seminarians are all in the same systematics, uh, systematic theology class. And when they're introducing each other, you, know, you stand up, you say your name is and, you know, where your home church is. And, um, and I, I had a friend that was in that class. And um, when finally the third person stood up and said, hi, my name is, and I'm from Chapelwood Lake Jackson, um, the friend was like, again, another one? <laughs> and then I get a text. What's in the water down there? What are you doing? And of course, my response was making disciples. But uh, I'm excited and thankful. Uh, I, I do hope that as um, Rhonda comes up, that you might uh, appreciate her for the work that she's done in chaplaincy.
Good morning. Um, it's a, I said at the first service that it's a lot different because I'm usually in the back talking to people and, and um, it's a lot different being up here in the front and have all of y'all looking at me. <laughs> uh, and usually, especially as a chaplain, I don't talk as much. So I asked Peter, uh, especially whenever Myra gave her um, children's sermon this morning, I said, you know, she kind of hit all the points. Could we just do 12 and a half minutes of contemplative silence? And he said, no. <laughs> so here we go. Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Do you remember the first time you distinctly heard the call of Jesus? How about do you remember the last time that you distinctly heard the call of Jesus? Well, how about... Do you remember the first time you heard Peter, or Josh, or Kate, or Anthony say, Chapelwood exists to help ourselves and others take our, next, take our next step in their faith journey with Christ? I hear this all the time. I hear this every week in worship, at staff meetings, at church council, at yearly plannings. In, uh, in other words, I hear this in a lot of places. I know this is our mission. It dovetails with the great commission that Christ gave us in the Gospel of Matthew 28, 19 through 20. In that it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. <coughs> So I wonder, after I've said all this, the invitation, the encouragement, the reminder, what will your response be? I know sometimes whenever I ask those things, I often get a blank stare or kind of a shrug of shoulders. Now when that was asked of me, I looked behind me, because surely, they were talking to somebody else. A little more than two years ago, Peter asked me to take my next step. Now, y'all know Peter. It wasn't like, hey, Rhonda, we'll take your next faith step. It was more like, hey, Rhonda, I want you to consider taking a class, a CPE class at St. Luke's Hospital in Houston, where you learn some pastoral care. What? Is he really talking to me? Now, some of you may be familiar with the Kubler-Ross uh, model of the stages of grief, and I'm not trying to minimize that or make it or, or talk about it glibly, but y'all, I distinctly remember going through some of those stages. First, it was shock. I distinctly remember staring back at Peter and like, really? Really? It's really. There's nobody in this room but me. Pastoral care. I'm a Christian educator, but I think he knew that. Then denial. Surely he wasn't serious. Then I was just perplexed for a long time. I walked around. I had been a nurse, you see. I had worked in a hospital, and I had dealt with a lot of that stuff. That stuff. That's the funniest part. But I finally came to acceptance, and I'm glad 
that I went. It was good. And I learned a lot in those two years about how to be a chaplain, but more about myself. And I was able to bring it back here to Chapelwood and actually practice it here. The process was hard but worth it, and I wouldn't have traded it for anything. So what does it mean for you to take your next step? How does being a disciple even figure into this equation? Well, if you look at the word disciple and define it, it means a student or a learner, like Myra said, of someone or someone who adheres to the teachings of another. It's someone who takes up the ways of someone else. So y'all have kind of figured out that in one way or the other, we're already disciples. We may not be necessarily disciples of Christ or of the Christian faith, but we're disciples of something. Maybe you have a favorite sports writer or you have a favorite, I don't know, book writer. Something that you really like and would like to emulate. Perhaps there's a person at work that you try to learn from. Or maybe it's just something else. But whatever it is, each of us is already a disciple. If we apply this to Christian faith, a disciple is someone who, because of God's awakening grace, conforms her or his words and ways into the words and ways of Jesus. Someone who learns from Jesus. How to be conformed to him is the important distinction. We are called to learn the teachings of Christ, but we're also called to live those out. Now, Pat read this morning from 2 Timothy 2, 20-21. And I know most of y'all were like, how are you going to make this fit? Well, I called people, and I studied a lot, just to let y'all know. <laughs> I'd like to offer another version from the New Century Bible. In a large house, there are not only things made of gold and silver, but also things made of wood and clay. Some things are special, used for special purposes, and others for, are made for ordinary jobs. All who make themselves clean from evil will be used for special purposes. They will be made holy, useful to the master, and ready to do good work. Now, I would submit to you, if you did study of this text, you would find that this was a letter from Paul to Timothy addressing issues within the church because he was a pastor, a young pastor actually. Big surprise, y'all. In the ancient church, they had issues. <laughs> I'd like to... I would like to focus on the, um, on the part where it talks about the utensils of gold and silver. If you go to any fine dining establishment, or if you invite somebody over to your house, you don't pull out those floppy little paper plates or the chipped dishes. You use your best. Well, God is calling us to use their best. D.L. Moody said that God does not seek for golden vessels and does not ask for silver ones, but he must have clean ones. So what does it mean to take your next step, step and to be a disciple? From the text, it means listening, responding, and believing. Paul says being prepared for every good work specifies how useful a utensil or vessel is to God. We're being called. 
to be ready, to be willing, and more able. So when you were asked, how, when you were asked, how did you respond? Will you say something like, Jake? If you follow me on Facebook, I do memes because I need to laugh. But this right here is my favorite to myself. You are not too old and it is not too late. I hear this a lot around here. I said it to myself whenever in order to become a board certified chaplain, I was told I had to go to seminary. Seriously, this has got to be a joke. I am 58 years old. Every day on Facebook, I see one of my friends retiring. John Taylor is walking around with a little pointer on his head because he's been at Dow for 37 years. This is hilarious. <laughs> Will you say, I'm too young? And I would say, you're not too young. I remember one year we took the kids to Choye, and while we were at camp, we, were, we went to the ropes course, the high ropes course, of which I stood on the bottom, let's, let's be clear. I did not get up there. But one of the kids came over to me and she said, she equated her ability to do the high ropes with her trust and faith in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I would say to you that I got a sermon from a 12-year-old at Choye. Would you say, I don't really know much about the Bible or about church. Well, I would say, Jon Snow knows nothing. Don't be like Jon Snow. <laughs> now, for those of you that have not watched Games of Thrones, I'm not advocating that. If you do, <laughs> come and talk to us because <laughs> you could be, you may need to pray afterwards, but whatever. <laughs> I didn't think that I knew enough to go to seminary, and I thought I was too old, too. And I can tell you that it's very difficult. But I'm pushing through it with the help of my church, with the help of two other seminarians, thank goodness for Paul and Mara. And I'm learning a lot of th things I did not know, but more importantly, I'm learning a lot about the things I thought I knew. Who knew? And then some of you are going to say, I don't have enough time. And you know what, I get that. You're busy, I'm busy too. But if God is calling, maybe it's, some time, maybe it's time for you to look at your, your priorities. I had to. One of the hardest things, I can't believe I'm saying this up here, one of the hardest things I had to do is not watch a complete Astros game. John keeps me abreast of what's going on and I take 15 minute state mandated breaks in order to figure out what's going on and maybe see a couple of good plays. You know, I do miss it, but it's, a, it's for a season of this time. You will make what is important a priority in your life. I want to show you a picture of uh, my um, fourth unit graduation. You'll see a lot of people there. Not all of them were with me the whole time. The people sitting down in the front are actually our uh, instructors. The ones all standing in the back are my colleagues. Uh, the one in the very back, the tall woman, is Kim. And she's one of my friends 
that actually went through four units with me, uh, or I went four units with her, however you want to look at it. Um, but you get pretty close whenever you do that. So I want to tell you a story about Kim. Um, she uh, is a Baptist woman. She came to St. Luke's a little bit kind of like I did. She worked for the cathedral downtown, and they encouraged her to go and do CPE because she was working in their, in their pastoral care department. So whenever she got to St. Luke's, um, she had a passion for human trafficking. Well, they tacked up on that, and they said, hey, uh, we want you to do something to set up a program for us here at St. Luke's. She lives in Katy. She had a husband that, right after we started CPE, went into an accelerated master's program for uh, counseling. Did it in like, I don't know, like 18 months. So you had her doing what she was doing and all the jobs, and then him in, him in uh, class two. And then on top of it, they had three children, two teenagers and a seven-year-old. So y'all can imagine what that was like. Uh, she had and has a nonprofit of her own called the Faith Collaborative that provides care and support for survivors of human trafficking. So she's got a lot. And she got an opportunity last October to go on a mission trip um, to help women in Ethiopia that have issues with obstetrical fistula. And that, that happens for a lot of those women over there because of prolonged childbirth and they don't have a lot of skilled birth attendants. It's a big problem there. Um, it creates societal, spiritual, and social isolations for those women. Well, after the conference was over, they had an opportunity to go and do some sightseeing. And so her group decided to go and visit a bunch of the churches that are in Ethiopia. They're all over the place. Um, a lot of them are built on mountains. Some of them are built into mountains. And I'll show you. This is the actual thing. Kim was going to send it to me, but yeah, we, she's busy. <laughs> Y'all heard how busy she is. Um, anyway, um, they decided to, to hike to the top of one of the mountains, which is evidently done in Ethiopia, um, to see this church. And they assured Kim and everyone with her that, yeah, you can do this. You can make it up. It'll probably take you about 30, 45 minutes. So they began the hike. And um, I told you how, Kim, how busy Kim was. Well, you can imagine that maybe she didn't exercise as much or kind of attend to her physical. And she's also asthmatic. So she had that going for her. She started up the mountain okay. She was trudging along, and then all of a sudden, a lot of the group that was with her, and she added to me, some of them were older than her, passed her up. And so she got about to the halfway point, and she thought, you know, I don't think I'm going to make it. I just don't think I'm going to make it. Um, and along came a guide, or this man, that said, you know, I'll walk with you the rest of the way up the mountain. Um, you just follow me and do what I say and we're going to make it. And he said, step here, step there, sit down, drink water. Well, they did that all the way up that mountain. I will tell you that Kim, whenever she made it to the top, in about two hours, was exhausted. She was crying. 
but she said she was exhilarated. She said the church up there was beautiful. So I want to encourage you. I want to give you the good news that God is calling you. I would suggest, and this may be heresy, and y'all can talk to Paul about this afterwards, and do not let <laughs> Professor Jingles hear this, that <laughs> if we used an analogy that Max Licato did in one of his books, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. God is for you. And Chapelwood is for you. I can say that for sure. You are not too old, and it is not too late. You are not too young, and you do know enough. And if you don't, we're going to give you the, the things that you need to, to do whatever you want to do. And most of all, you're not too busy. Kim made it to the top of that mountain. And she said whenever she did, it was worth it. Now, my friend Kim is an extrovert. And whenever I mean extrovert, she pegs on the right side. She talks to everyone. Everyone in the halls of St. Luke's. I think she talks to herself. <laughs> well, you know, whenever you're trying to make it up the mountain and you're, you're, you're not talking that much, and she got to thinking, I didn't get, even get that guy's name. So she went and found him. His name was Father David. He was the priest of that church. So I'm saying to you, step here, step here, sit down, drink water. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.